All right, we're live. All right, here we are at the last part of the sixth installment of Army Anonymous. So let's just pick up right where we left off. We are still in the old versus new armies category and let's get it. All right, so this person says, I see many new quote-unquote army accounts acting suspiciously. At best, they are ignorant. At worst, they are paid trolls. There are too many to report, and new armies are often not careful enough with following accounts, so it becomes more difficult to take these accounts down once they have a big following. I'd like us to talk about best practices for new armies looking for accounts to follow, and this is from Spain. Yeah, um, we have definitely been having a lot of problems with, like, trolls and all this weird stuff going on. I mean, like, not even just, like, people disguising, like, people who are anti-disguising as armies, but, like, things like people with, like, the whole crypto thing going on right now. Like, there's just so much. And obviously, I think that it is important that new armies are informed so they don't accidentally give these people a platform and it makes it harder for them to take down. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what is the best practice to look for accounts to follow and it's kind of hard to say. I mean, for the most part, like your translation accounts are going to be safe and then the people that interact with those accounts would probably also be safe so you can kind of like use the few accounts that you know aren't going to be antis or crypto accounts and then their followers you can kind of springboard off of that if that makes sense right because i just feel like these days like people are just having to like expose more and more accounts for not being what they say they are and it's depressing like every week you know you'll have somebody who's like oh my gosh like user uh xyz is a fake translator or it's like oh they're selling their account be careful and it's like why do we have to be forced to deal with this in our fandom it's actually sickening i'm tired yeah it's really exhausting because it's picked up i feel like within like the past six months especially so it's not like like this whole like selling accounts and like the crypto thing we i mean it's been happening for a while but we only just realized it and got wind of it recently so we are just a full-on mess right so i definitely do think that um a lot of people are working on different ways to educate newer armies about these people but um i don't know maybe there might be other methods we can use i know when it comes to educating people on certain topics for example like we have our podcast that's what that's for um, maybe there might be other ways that people can educate newer armies on which accounts to follow without necessarily like giving specific ads per se but more like giving them the like knowledge and the tools to discern for themselves uh so they don't have to like rely on for example people telling them to follow this this and this account because technically that's kind of also what we don't want them to do per se where it's like having them rely on like a specific set of like newer armies like 
well not newer armies older armies to tell them like which accounts are safe to follow because then like we don't even know if those armies who are telling them to follow certain accounts are like even like all clear themselves so i don't know it's just a weird tangle of mess but i feel like there just needs to be a lot more work done to educate them into what accounts to follow but i'm pretty sure that answers the end of that question so that pretty much concludes uh old versus new army section so we can move on to the next section where it is uh the music and performance section so this submission says how do you feel about solo songs that are credited under bts for example euphoria and filter being celebrated as quote unquote the first korean male soloist or quote unquote first korean soloist achievements i know there are still solo songs but because they're credited under bts i'm not sure these achievements are officially recognized the same way a milestone by an iu song would be recognized the streams are even counted towards bts's total streams not each individual member at least officially and this is from the usa i mean like they're not wrong usually when those you see those tweets that it's like Jimin is the first Korean male soloist it's usually like a solo fan base account that Mm -hmm. makes those posts and keeps track of it so yeah I mean you're not wrong yeah i do think that maybe for like for this person i feel like maybe it's like the wording that bothers them because i can understand why they might be confused because like when you say like first korean male soloist of like somebody who's technically actually not a soloist like they're still in the group they don't like officially see themselves as like a soloist per se um but i don't know when it comes to technicalities i haven't really looked into it enough to decide whether i support it or not i mean i think maybe if like there was to be a compromise maybe a better term would probably be like like first korean male singer or something like that because that's obviously what he is without really like taking away from the role he already has in the group or like whatever but um yeah when it comes to things like that i definitely do think that we should still celebrate those as achievements for that specific member for example like if filter breaks like really big records i feel like that should be celebrated as jimin's achievement because that's obviously his solo so i do think that we need to keep doing that there's no need to be like oh filter uh broke this many records and be like congratulations bts because you don't want to erase the fact that you know it's still his solo so i think that there definitely needs to be a balance to make sure that like we're still being like correct when you know crediting him and to make sure that he is still getting the accolades that he deserves because i feel like Mm -hmm. this is kind of like in a similar vein of like um uh jungkook with like the whole like fiasco between like oh composer jungkook and producer jungkook when film out was released because people some people were using those terms like interchangeably and then like other people who weren't were like hey like jungkook is a composer on this song not a producer like those people were getting jumped by solos because people were like you just want to discredit jungkook's achievements um like how are we discrediting something when we're just telling you that like he composed it not produced it and then like that's a whole different another like that's a whole different conversation like on its own where we could talk about like how people for some reason um hold producing to like the highest uh standard or like the highest like 
like it's the best thing right. you can do to them in a song when like composing and producing are equally as good as each other so um that just says a lot about like their bias and what they think about like different roles when writing a song like writing composing producing they're all equal positions to each other that require their own special amounts of skill and uh, and obviously like sorry um one should not be put over another like they're all different and they're all equally as important so anyway yeah i think in conclusion it's just that like it's really about technicalities and being pedantic so like yeah technically it is a bts song like you're not wrong but also at the same time you know that song is as good as it is because that specific member is the one singing and performing it so like they should get the credit because like it is seen as quote unquote their song so like it's i don't it's a it's a blurry line yeah like i don't personally think too much about this blurry line um because i feel like the harder you think about the technicalities then the easier it is to accidentally discredit them um, because like then you'll just be kind of like on the timeline talking about oh but you know Jimin is you know uh, he's still in BTS he's not even like a soloist blah 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 and then like that's when like if you focus too much on it then people are going to start to pick up on that and it's just gonna kind of make you start looking weird and then it's like when you get to a point where it's like you're focusing so hard on the technicalities that like you're not even acknowledging the fact that for example filter just broke a streaming record right. so it's like why are we focusing on the technicalities rather than the actual achievement that just happened and then you know that leaves you to get not even just jump by solos like i feel like a lot of armies would definitely also take issue with that so be careful not to focus on it too much. Yeah, to be honest, I I really don't. I don't know. I I feel like I don't really think about it that much. If I do, it's in passing. Um, but I think this was still a good submission. So thanks for yeah. asking our opinion on that, and let me know what you guys also think about um, this topic. But moving on, the next submission says. Antes love to drag BTS for not having any GP hits besides Dynamite, but just because the song isn't popular among mainstream listeners, which is usually because of lack of promo, for being honest, doesn't mean it isn't popular. The way I see it, any single that BTS releases is popular by default because millions of armies around the world are guaranteed to listen to it. It's dumb to claim that a song isn't popular because you personally haven't heard it. And this is from the USA. And yeah, we haven't done a deep dive into this topic but i will say it right now gp support is a myth it is trash it is a myth like people need to stop talking about how bts needs to somehow be popular with the gp in order to be considered um a successful artist or to have like a true hit because like obviously i've said this before on my twitter account but while the gp can make you popular they cannot help you stay popular it's the fans that help you stay popular and stay relevant throughout the years because they're the people who are going to be listening to buying your songs streaming your uh streaming your songs buying your albums buying your buying the concert tickets that you guys like release like if you are a general public uh, member, you have no obligation to support an artist at the same level as a fan does. Right. So that means if you only listen to 
one song off of somebody's like entire eight-year discography like bts's and decide i don't want to explore them any further you as a general public member can do that and face no repercussions because you are general public fans are always going to be supporting the music because that's their job they do it because they like the music and because they want to see it get big and so um when people say that like you need general public support or they drag bts for not having general public support i find it so stupid because they're the same people who will literally like move on after like one song that you've done and if the gp is all you're relying on then your career is really gonna plummet there are so many artists who are in the mainstream because of the general public yet they're selling next to nothing because the fans aren't committing themselves to buying and streaming their work like we were just literally just talking about Katy perry i think last episode right. um of this army anonymous part and like how she has been in the game for over a decade she's been like here for so long and like like what was it like last year or two years ago like she sold like 700 something albums and i was like what the heck mm-hmm. like this is this just goes to show you how you need fans way more than you need general public i mean take bcs for example without the fan support that they had all these records would not have happened like they would have not had all these achievements if not for all these loyal fans who love their music and relate to their music and want to see bcs be successful um so it just baffles me when people somehow see gp as like oh my gosh you've succeeded when it's like the other way around if you have a lot of fans you have succeeded because it means that regardless of whether the gp moves on from your from your uh from your music or not you can still have fans who are going to push you no matter what like that is you're always going to be your fallback option when it comes to like having support so f people who think that dynamite like is the only hit right. they have because like a gp's overrated and b they're just playing wrong like have they not seen spring day mm-hmm. i think another issue with the whole they don't have gp hits is like how do you measure that like what right. do you mean by gp hit because if we're just going off of billboard charts i mean we know that those are only half reliable because of other artists using playlisting and bundles so that's not like a good gauge of whether it's truly popular either same with radio like maybe they might be looking at like um like the unique listeners on like music streaming platforms but even then but like like, but like but like you have to be you just have to like hate bts to go out of your way and be like look at their unique listeners you know what i mean like (laughs) people aren't actually like they might say that but like who's actually looking at that no that would actually be so funny if i was on twitter and like somebody's trying to drag them like look at the unique listeners they do not have a gp hit i would actually cry <laughs> <laughs> like what um, it's it's just um, baffling especially because i feel like it fails to also acknowledge hey they are a non-american group let me add non-american non-uk based group whose uh, primary language is not English. Um, it's not Spanish either, because, you know, Spanish nope. hits can usually uh, 
Spanish is very popular in the U.S., it's Korean. And so there are just so many more barriers and prejudice that is would stop, uh, you know, someone who's not a fan from maybe checking them out. So I think it's just so unfair to keep holding them to like these ridiculous standards right especially when you're comparing them with like their western counterparts like people do not even see how much is stacked against them for being not a non-western non-english speaking group and on top of that they are seen as a stereotypical boy band by a lot of people and because of all the things that are stacked up against them all these odds like it just makes it harder for them to reach the gp despite their music being so good and despite so many people knowing who they are so people really need to just like piss off with all those expectations that they have on bts because like despite having like not like not as much gp support as they deserve like they are out here killing it and they still have so many fans so like all these aunties who were trying to like drag them for like gp stuff like honestly it's stupid and honestly another thing i've also said this before on my twitter most armies were in fact the general public before they became armies they were not already in the k-pop sphere they were not in the k-pop community already standing other people majority of armies were gp so it's not that they don't pull in gp because it's just that most of them like it's a very quick descent a lot of people will always use this analogy of standing bts being like falling into the rabbit hole where one day they're a fan they're not a fan and then the next day they are a fan there's no gradual development for a lot of people for most people it's just like they just fall into it and then they're a fan so like bts's general public to fan conversion rate i keep saying this it's unlike anything i've ever seen before so people really do need to give them credit because people keep on acting like they don't pull in gp when in reality most of the gp who start checking them out like they just end up being full-fledged armies very quickly that's why you don't see them right i it's it's just annoying i think to use oh they have so many fans that's why they're succeeding as a drag like the logic just does not compute the pemdas is not working <laughs> not pemdas literally it's just it just never makes any sense to me it's like okay they have fans so they're not gonna completely flop if the general public doesn't like their song i guess that's a drag to you <laughs> i don't get it yeah it's it uh, People are so messy. Like, I really wish people just thought before they tweeted or thought before they spoke because... This when, is Twitter, Delilah. You know I they don't know, think. Because, like, when you really break it down, they think they're, like, making a point, but what they said just means nothing and is pointless. <laughs> Yeah, and then because it's against BTS, people eat it up. People hype them up in the comments. You'll get, like, people who give them 1K likes for a stupid tweet. And I'm like, why do you people set yourselves up like this? Because then when BTS and ARMY continue to win again, you guys will have to go and be like, tweets are not loading. You guys are going to have to delete all your tweets. So just be careful because Bangtan Voodoo is always working. I'm telling you. It's like that one tweet where someone... I think it was an Olivia's stand, and she was like, 
no one actually even knows who BTS is. And then they quote treated it with, well, your fave does. And it was a video of Olivia saying how much she likes BTS. It was actually so sickening. I'm, I think she was either singing like Butter or Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> see, see what happens when you do clownery? Like, just, just, uh, I think it's kind just of Just respect though. yourself. Like, honestly... If you don't like BTS, keep it to yourself. It's embarrassing. Period. Anyway, the next submission, they say, I was just wondering what you guys think about Columbia deciding to have three of the artists under their label release on the same day because I find it really suspicious and I have a feeling it's probably going to happen most BTS releases now. I feel like they want to profit off the fandom as much as possible and it's really frustrating that we can't do anything about it. I love your podcast. Thank you so much for your work. Uh, the fandom needs more fan, uh, more people like you and this is from Portugal. First of all, thank you. And second of all, um, I actually wasn't even paying attention to which um, other artists were I, um, releasing on the I'm same day. Who was sure. it? Yeah, I remember people were talking about it but I can't remember exactly. So let me see. Um, Let me do a little bit of Columbia. Oh my gosh. My computer always runs a little bit slow when we have like Skype and um, Your laptop is just like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. It's hard because uh, I'm trying to find stuff, but like songs, let me do songs releasing same day as butter. Let's see if what that brings up. Um, Oh my goodness. Let me do add twitter at the end because that's sometimes the only (laughs) way i can really get information it's truly i i'm pretty sure did lil nas x have um a release if i look at columbia artist lineup yeah i think that might be the fastest way to look at their lineup and then just like see who's releasing stuff Mm -hmm. but like anyway to just answer this ask while you're looking um i think that definitely when it comes to having more of their artists release under the same day um i it definitely makes sense for people to find it suspicious um because it's like why are you putting all your like artists in the same day to compete for top spot when it makes more sense to spread it out so that you can have like more of your artists um have a better chance for the top spot on the charts without having to compete with each other so yeah that's definitely a weird like move like even bts and txt like like uh big hit music make sure that they do not come back on the same day because that's that's very stupid oh my god like why would you do that why would you put all your artists against each other on the charts that just that that just doesn't seem very it doesn't seem logical you know so um i don't know how exactly they would profit off the fandom from having like more than like three for having three artists like come out on the same day with music but definitely if columbia is trying to do something 
I do not approve because honestly, we're just here for BTS only and I would appreciate it if people stopped using us for ulterior motives. So Sometimes yeah, it feels like I think what was really discouraging about, you know, us racing to get better number one is that it, it feels like Dynamite was, you know, really successful, but it almost feels like the Western music industry was like, we'll let you have this one and think that you've stepped, you've got a foot in the door, but next time around, um, not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these people get on my nerves. Like, I just, I just really want people to acknowledge BTS for the powerhouse that they are. So, like, they just... They make good music, they're great singers, dancers, writers, composers, producers. They are nice people. They're just trying to work hard and mind their business and people just don't want to let them win. Like, it's so crazy to me how so many people, especially in the West, will talk about how the music industry is missing a true artist, a true artist who really cares about their music, a true artist who really knows something about what they're doing, a true artist who, who came up organically, who isn't industry supported, and we're like, so you mean BCS? And they're like, nah, we don't want that. And it's like, come on, come on, right, guys. Right. Like, what is happening? It's, I don't know, it's really exhausting, to be honest. Um, and to be fair, there's not much we can do about it. So that makes it all the more frustrating. Right. Like a lot of times when we have to fight for all these achievements, it like takes almost everything we have. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I really don't think like armies get enough credit for like the effort that they do. There's no other fandom like right now. I feel like there's no other fandom in this generation that mobilizes the way that we do. Nobody nope. who works as hard as us to get their faves what they want. BTS can say even jokingly oh hey like haha like i want to get it number one Sorry. on the billboard hot 100 and we would be like okay so according to the streaming website you, you have to stream properly this way we'll be like already thinking about how we can accomplish it to the point where BTS have basically accomplished almost everything on their list that they wanted to do the only thing left is the grammys and that's something that's totally out of our control because if it wasn't then we would have gotten them a grammy <laughs> ages ago believe us because like like we that's just how dedicated we are to get them right. you know the success and the achievements that they deserve and that's as a thank you for giving us such great music and it really frustrates me how so many people in the west in america just really um want to set bts up who want to try and sabotage them and if there's any funny business going on with columbia i am not here for it and i just I really hope that like whatever whenever they decide to release their next album that there's just gonna be no stress we can i know i know it's very unrealistic to expect that but at least somewhat less stress than what we usually have to do i just want bts to have an achievement and i want armies to get an achievement for bts without there just being so much drama there's always drama every comeback and i'm tired yep i would love if hype opened up a usa distribution branch and so then that way, all their artists would then be signed there, and then they would be directly in charge with distributing to American audiences, because it's 
clear that, you know, Columbia and all these other companies that, because I'm pretty sure TXT is uh, signed to a different one, um, I feel that they, they probably don't prioritize, they're not going to prioritize BTS as much as artists actually signed to them just because it is a distribution deal and so even though they know that armies are huge and that bts has an impact and they want to be a part of that their bts isn't going to be their priority right but honestly like we because we were saying this for dynamite how we were going to be comparing the treatment of dynamite to the treatment of life goes on and see like what's really going on if next album for their korean work we don't see all these streaming parties that columbia seems to be holding i'm really going to be pissed because that means that they just do not care i want to see for whatever their next korean title track is there better be the same listening parties that they're holding like they were doing with butter I want no excuses like they have the resources to do these things and they just don't that's their problem so like we're just hoping that like it's just gonna be better next time that's all we can hope for but yeah that was that submission so the next submission they say Dynamite wasn't written slash produced by BTS but in press interviews members seem to take credit for that regardless even having alluded to participation in the production with Life Goes On and many other tracks, mostly international writers slash producers slash mixers, etc. But ARMY seem to forget the heavily commercial part of making and marketing music and insist that every single track they put out are 100% genuine and handcrafted by BTS when most of their time is eaten up by dance practices, filming commercials, shoots, posing for content, etc. Armies also tend to berate and harass any collaborating artists, even if they try to take fraction of the credit or discuss the song and their own creative piece if you don't put the boys on a pedestal you're basically doomed it seems and this is from bangladesh now there is a balance to this where i definitely do agree that some armies do take it too far and just like not let anyone except for bts take credit for songs even if like their name is on the credits uh but at the same time first of all some collaborators are absolute trash i'm looking at you melanie fontana um second of all um when it comes to things like making music when it comes to um the people that bts work with or like the type of music that's made i definitely do think that because like i feel like when it comes to english tracks a lot of people tend to market as less genuine because it's in english and because like it is like very promoted very highly promoted but when it comes to that it's like it's weird because like if bts did this song in korean for example dynamite or butter it would have had the same message anyway so like it does make me wonder why it would be less genuine if they're basically saying the same stuff in english that they would korean um, and obviously when it comes to handcrafting and whatever, I do think that when it comes to their Korean work, BTS definitely does, um, like there's a lot more uh, artistic concepts when it comes to that. Um, Cause obviously when it comes to the more English songs, they're very like, it's very like escapism vibes, you know? Like I listen to Dynamite and Butter to have fun and shake ass. I don't do it to really pick apart what they're saying. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's wrong to appreciate the like 
the um you know the energy that bts gave these english tracks because they gave it to make armies happy and i do think that you know that should we should give them credit for that um and so when it comes to press interviews um i actually haven't gotten to watch the most recent one for butter so i need to actually watch that first um but i do think that members should be given credit for the way that they sung the song you know for the emphasis that they like put into working hard to be able to pronounce the lyrics and also because you know this time june actually did participate in writing some of the lyrics i think that that also should be um applauded you know he should also take credit for that so i don't know what are your thoughts uh yeah i it sounds very i can't recall the dynamite press conference that well but it sounds very unlike bts that they would straight up be like oh yeah when we produced and composed this song that they didn't compose and produce like I don't know, maybe if it's just a bad translation or something, but it does sound, I don't know, it doesn't sound like something BTS would do, and I do think they should get some credit with, you know, performing it and, you know, having a say in how it's performed and promoted and the concept and styling. And then I I definitely feel that there are some collaborators uh, collaborators that are just that it's very odd when they will tag everyone who worked on a song but not tag BTS even though the only reason that song topped the Billboard charts is because BTS performed it. Looking at you Melanie Fontana um, <laughs> and I, which I think is fair. They should be criticized. And actually, when I see a lot of, you know, co-writers and co-producers on Twitter, you know, talk about the work with the song, I don't really see armies, you know, go at them. I usually see them saying, thank you so much for working on the song, or you did great, thank you for working with BTS. That's what I usually see. So I often see more people lifting up the co-workers of BTS than the opposite. I mean, we we are all like P-Doc stands in this house, you know what I mean? Like I- Ooh, Period. Like we, we always acknowledge I feel like even more than other fandoms, the full package that it took to complete a song or album. Right. When it comes to things like who BTS works with, I really do think that a lot of armies actually do pay a lot more attention to like who wrote the song, who composed it, who produced it compared to like other fandoms, both like in the K-pop community and like for like Western fandoms as well. Like like you said, we're all P Duck stands, we're all Adora stands, like we um like enjoy looking at the people who um are also in the creative work with bts i mean also take like for example sleep Dees. he's um the person who helped work on my time and a lot of people really love him on twitter they really support him and like obviously because he's like just a genuine army now he like listens to all of bts's music and so he's basically like half producer half fan so 
you know, a lot of people really respect him. And um, there are very little times where I do see people coming after um, collaborators unless they've said something that is very questionable. So, for example, like we keep talking about with like Melanie Fontana, she just seems to like every single time she talks about like something that she worked with on BTS, she mainly uses things like, oh, you know, thank you for helping my song without really like acknowledging the work that BTS did or talking about how she wrote most of the lyrics when like that wasn't true because like Namjoon wrote a lot of the lyrics of like for example Boy With Love like that was like the biggest controversy or even with like there was also something with like uh I believe it was Sweet Night because Mm, like she was talking about how she wrote the lyrics of that song but at the same time like they were just like kind of um just rewritten lyrics in English of the Korean lyrics that Taehyung wrote so it felt like it was just like discrediting him and whatever so those are the types of people that I see armies go after I do not see armies like on the regular going after basically any and everybody who basically breathes near a BTS track so I don't know if it's just this person's timeline or whatever but I personally do not see it often enough where it's like an actual issue where it's like oh my god stop scaring away every person that BTS works with and then also on top of that like when it comes to how BTS spend their time we may have an idea of the types of things that they do when they're in between comebacks but we don't know their actual schedules so the ratio of them doing dance practices to commercials to posing for contents to actually making music we don't know that ratio so i don't know i wouldn't assume per se that they're busy doing all of that and less about actually like making the music because there's definitely like a lot of meetings to be held on like how they can make the music great, how can how they can bring out the energy in that song. So I feel like we shouldn't like completely discredit them to say that all they're doing is just like, you know, like singing it robotically. They're not really doing much because then I feel like that takes away from their contribution. Right. But um, that's that's pretty much just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I feel like we kind of summed everything up with that submission. So, moving on to the next one, they say, BTS lyrics about being high, such as, you got me high so fast and boy of love, and I like the moon rock with me baby in butter, for example. LOL. And laughing emoji. Um, it, it is funny how BTS lyrics will sometimes have, like, a repeating motif, um, but I think in this case it's just a coincidence yeah definitely a coincidence um i don't know when it comes to the word high that i feel like that just i don't know something about when you sing it it just sounds nice so i don't blame them it's just a really common way to you know describe being on top or feeling happy so it's just right it it rhymes with a lot of things it flows mm -hmm. easily so yeah yeah, and it makes sense that, like, all of these lyrics that this person quoted in the submission are from, like, their happiest songs. Like, so it makes sense. Like, if, like, they want to describe the feeling of being happy, naturally a lot of people are going to use, like, the word high as a comparison. High like the moon, you got me high so fast, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it totally makes sense. So, yeah. Then the next submission, they say... I think we should stop the narrative that funding accounts are used to help people who can't afford albums buy them. Everyone knows that the main purpose of funding accounts is to buy digital copies of singles and albums so they can chart. 
I've never seen him use to purchase physical albums. Someone who truly couldn't afford to buy BTS's music would most likely use a free streaming service instead of turning to a funding base. I feel like people use the charity excuse to try and suck up to non-armies who criticize our funding bases, but there is no reason to feel embarrassed about wanting to support BTS by raising funds, specifically for charting purposes. We are literally fighting against an industry that refuses to support them, so buying and streaming is the only way we can get BTS the success they deserve. It would be more accurate to say that funding accounts help people who can't afford to buy extra copies of songs, but at the end of the day, their main purpose is still for charting, and it's okay to be proud of that. Pretending that funding accounts have any purpose besides charting actually makes us look worse in my opinion and this is from the usa i didn't actually know that some people thought that the funding bases were for buying physical albums but that's crazy no they're not for that <laughs> they're for digital copies only um so if you're buying a digital single or a digital album that's what the funding accounts are there for and it is to help people who can't afford um to buy those singles afford them so they can support BTS the right way rather than, for example, I don't know, like uh, pirating their music and listening to it. Like it just helps people who want to support BTS the right way but don't have the means to do so be able to do so. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, the main purpose is still like the chart. Um, I feel like it's dangerous to call the funding base a charity account because that's not what it is. Yeah. And I definitely think that that's a setup. Don't do that. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think I have anything to add. I I definitely think it is important to be honest. And honestly, no one should come at armies for having these funding bases, especially when people are now copying them. So I. Oh my gosh! Everybody and their mother copies our funding bases. I'm tired. It's it's really getting ridiculous. Right, and then on top of that, like you're like this person was saying, like there's like we're literally fighting against an industry that refuses to support them so rather than get at armies for funding for bts comebacks why don't you get at the system who is literally refusing to support bts's korean works in the same way that any western um artists or english-speaking artists would have their work supported so you should be asking those questions not be directing your anger towards people who have done nothing wrong who just want to see bts make it it's like don't hate the player hate the game it's not our fault that the system is this way because if it wasn't we wouldn't need to do all this armies would not need to be this mobilized if not for people trying to bar bts out of getting the accolades they deserve um, a lot of the reason why we work so hard is because, you know, the industry does not want to support BTS. They don't want to give BTS any recognition. And, you know, especially when it comes to things like getting a number one on Billboard 200 or getting a Billboard Hot 100, it's just the system is just not working in their favor. And that's why we have to take these measures. So people need to stop getting at us and uh, leave us alone when we're trying to fund for comebacks. We're literally just minding our business. So people who are like, oh, my gosh, you could be using that money to like solve world hunger. Good oh, my God, shut up. Also, so we have year round charity projects. Um, it's, and I honestly don't know of any other fandom that does as many charity projects as we do. And that's not to, like, be, like, I'm not trying to say, how look at us, you know, we do charity, um, like, But, like, the double to, standards. Not trying to, like, put ourselves on a pedestal for, you know, because it's not like we're doing that specifically to be praised, but I just think 
the double standards are so goofy. Yeah, exactly. And that's all there is to it. So, yeah, that was that um, submission. So the next one, they say... One thing I find interesting about BTS's lyrics and messages in songs is that even the most depressing ones, they almost find a way to turn it around or end on a hopeful, a hopeful or victorious note. For example, in Black Swan or The Last. In your opinion, what is their saddest song? And this is from the UK. Ooh, Ooh this is a nice a, question. This is, this is a good question. Um, I mean, it'll probably change depending on how I'm feeling. Not think... It'd be too much to think about solo tracks. I'm just going to think of BTS songs. Right now, first thing that comes to my mind is probably Blue and Gray and then Outro yeah. Tear. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, the, I still remember how I felt the first time I heard Outro Tear. Like, it is just a song full of pain and heartbreak. The lyrics are just wow and then you come to find out also the truth untold yeah and then you come to find out outro tear was written about their disbandment or like possible disbandment like that just makes the lyrics hit even harder right like i remember oh let me tell you something i love all bts albums but i feel like the one that impacted me the most upon first listen was a hundred percent love yourself tear I remember the first day I was listening to the album and it got to outro tier and oh my gosh, like the amount of emotion that just hits you. I think it's because of like the buildup with the piano instrumentals in the beginning because like when I first started hearing the piano, I was like, oh my gosh, like where have I heard this melody from? And then like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is from the highlight reel. But then I realized I was like, oh my God, that's the highlight reel where everything falls apart. And I was like, oh my God, I'm screwed. And then the song started. And so it was like, you get hit with so much emotion. It's just like, anger frustration hatred like you don't even know what's happening like there's so much intensity especially with the way that um with the way that namjoon started the song oh my gosh like it sounded like his whole verse sounded like he was arguing with somebody like that's the vibes that it gave to me because like he just was like there was this one part where like he was like cutting himself off where he was like i don't want to listen to that as if like he was like dismissing somebody Mm -hmm. and so like it just like there was just so much going on with that that i feel like that is probably one of their most intense songs and again blue and gray like the note that it ends off on um it's like they kind of like it's more of like they release all of their concerns and then they kind of just like go to sleep that's kind of like this whole progression of blue and gray's lyrics where they talk about how much they're not happy how much they are basically just numb to their own pain and then like after expelling all those concerns they kind of just go to bed but nothing is really resolved and then like when it comes to the truth untold you know you have this whole story of somebody who loves someone else but they can't show them the real side of themselves so they're just the whole song is just them being like i have to hide myself away from you in order for you to love me for the person that you think I am but I still want you despite the fact that I have to basically change my entire identity like god BTS's songs like when they're sad like they're They're sad sad. they're so depressing and of course um you know some songs might be sadder for other people than others because maybe you relate to that song like that song touches on a personal issue that maybe only you can personally relate to and so it's gonna be 
subjective, of course, um, about Mm -hmm. what the saddest songs is. I definitely think we definitely hit some of the major ones. Um, but what are you guys, I want, I want you guys to tell us what you feel is the saddest BTS song. Right. Definitely would be interested in you guys' thoughts. So the next submission says, hey guys, I'm writing this pre-butter when they gave the date of May 19th. And they said, and I don't know how people twisted the YouTube discourse again. Someone says, if we don't get the 24 hour goal, it's okay. And suddenly the idea turned into YouTube is not important and we shouldn't stream there. And then other people with also zero reading comprehension, YouTube is our most important platform. Why do you want to sabotage? I'm a firm believer that all the platforms are important. YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, iTunes, and we should try our best in all of them. But the way some people play specifically on YouTube doesn't feel okay. As a fandom, we are capable of so much and we shouldn't be limiting our efforts in just one platform. Anyway, love the podcast and keep up the amazing job. And this is from Mexico. First of all, thank you. And second of all, I definitely agree. Some people really do like try and prioritize certain platforms, especially YouTube. I don't believe that YouTube needs to be like put above everything else. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times, like, with, like, YouTube, the main focus on YouTube is mainly just, like, the first day in terms of, like, seeing if we can break our record. And then it's not that, like, we necessarily leave it alone after the first day, but, like, we kind of just regularly stream after that. Like, there's no, like, prioritizing YouTube after, like, the first day. Like, it kind of is, like, on the same level as all the other platforms. And I definitely feel that... um, uh if we don't get the 24-hour goal it's okay like the world isn't gonna end and i feel like a lot of people think that every comeback we have to continuously break our youtube record in order for us to be successful and that's not true um because there are instances where we haven't broken our 24-hour youtube record and guess what the world was still spinning and bts still topped the charts anyway so that goes to show you that even if we don't break the goal, it's fine. Like people just worry too much about it and then in turn project their worries and concerns and probably their frustrations out onto other armies, which makes streaming less of an enjoyable experience. Even though streaming is definitely to help BTS um, break records and achieve goals, it should never be stressful for you. And I feel like people guilt tripping others into either prioritizing or not prioritizing uh, a certain streaming platform is, really trash i hate that yeah it's you know i think the reason why people started saying oh you know let's not focus too hard on youtube is to put emphasis on streaming and other forms of support because it's becoming harder and harder to reach youtube goals because just the way youtube counts and the algorithm it's just becoming increasingly difficult and so if we you know don't get a certain number of views in 24 hours then we should adjust it to 48 hours or for a week uh it's not that youtube isn't important but we need to adjust how we approach going about youtube goals exactly and yeah i think that pretty much explains that so that concludes our music and performance section and the next section is Solos and Mantis, which is strangely not the biggest category this time. Actually, it's quite small. There's only a couple of submissions here, which yeah, is very which interesting. Yeah, which is very interesting. Like, I mean, part of it 
is good because I think it means there's like other topics that are like really important people want to talk about. But at the same time, it's just interesting because this is the first time it's not our biggest category. Right. It's usually like the biggest, if not one of the biggest categories, because there's just been so much going on with solos. But I guess maybe because it's comeback season, like solos have kind of like taken a backseat in discussion. And there's just been so many other things that people have been talking about. But anyway, this first submission says, I am concerned about solos becoming more and more powerful i feel like many armies just go with whatever solos say in fear of coming off as an anti it starts off with things like clearing surges and ends with trucks being sent to hype but on the other hand many also cannot distinguish between someone who just wants one member to shine more while still being an od7 or simple biases and being a solo anymore discussions about who is a solo and how to get rid of them pollutes this fandom and this is from germany a 100 i agree with all of this there's just been so much going on in terms of like solos and like whatever and just the distortion of the definition of an army of ot7 and of solos is just really making it hard for people especially newer armies to distinguish between who is a solo in this fandom and who isn't i definitely feel like um not everyone who has a questionable opinion might be a solo intentionally i feel like some people may accidentally be like reiterating solo rhetoric without realizing there are plenty of like people who are ot7 and see themselves as ot7 but then sometimes like they just get really really questionable ideas that have to be corrected but it's not like they've willingly like become a solo per se if you see what i'm saying like i feel like they're kind of like an accidental solo or maybe that's the definition of a diet solo maybe where they're kind of just accepting of solo narratives and solo rhetoric without realizing that it's necessarily solo rhetoric because there are a lot of people who will say stuff and it's just like "Mm, come on like that's really weird and honestly like again the whole truck thing it's just annoying because when it comes to sending trucks to protest against hype for their quote-unquote mistreatment of a specific member it's just very performative it's embarrassing like you're humiliating bts at the place that they work and it just makes people who are looking at all that mess just wonder what the heck is going on so um yeah i'm glad that they don't have like the parking outside anymore so people can't really put the trucks there anymore i'm glad we but- love to hear it But, like, when it came to, like, the whole fiasco in, like, August and, like, even a few months ago, there were, like, some Jim and Solos who sent a couple of trucks, I think maybe two or three times, which is, like, Jesus Christ. But, like, now I think they can't do that anymore, so that's great. But, yeah, there needs to be more discussion going on about that, and even I'm working on a little bit of a project with that, so... Um, I'll keep you guys posted, but in the meantime, until I'm finished with that, like, there just needs to continue being conversation on the timeline, because I just don't see any way of us, like, combating this unless we talk about it. It just has to happen. Right. And then the next submission is a little bit similar. It just says, the rise of solo stands who like one member, then hate the other members from the USA. And there is a term for this. It's called an ot-gay stan, and yeah, they're a freaking menace. Yep. Um, like solos and akes, even though they are slightly different, are both enemies of progress. So I would I treat them the same. But like obviously akes would go the extra mile to um, trash or berate the other members. It's just absolutely disgusting to see and people who are just like people who see nothing wrong with it. 
But to be honest, I feel like even the line between solos and akes gets blurred because I feel like even solos get caught in those like crossfires and like drag the other members back. So I don't know. At this point, I feel like solos and akes basically do the same thing. Like, ugh, I don't even know. But like these people, again, they need to go and there needs to be more talk about how we can get rid of them. Um, but yeah, that concludes the solos and mantis section. So next we are on to our final section of this Army Anonymous episode, and that is racial slash cultural issues. So this first submission says, vicious colorism in K-pop, idols posting selfies using snow app, obsession with the blue contact lenses, blonde hair and paper, white pale skin, and overall trying hard to hide their Asian features and trying to achieve a look which makes them look like Caucasians. And this is from Bangladesh. Yeah, I definitely feel like a lot of people in the K-pop industry are victims of colorism. Um, like, for example, a lot of people who have been told that, you know, their skin looks unattractive when it's darker. I know people like, for example, Hwasa from Mamamoo, uh, from Mamamoo is like a really big victim of colorism because people um, have harassed her because her skin was too dark. I mean, even people like Amber from FX, she's talked about um, how, um, like, when she was like a trainee, people like in the company would tell her that her skin is too dark, that she should try lightening her skin. And it's like really disgusting to see, you know, people have to go through all that and try and make themselves um, look, you know, less dark just to appeal to more people when they're promoting in the K-pop industry. And it's disgusting. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you have fan sites that, you know, Photoshop them to because the thing is, oh my the, gosh, the problem with okay, the problem with fan sites whitewashing is it's not just like they lighten their skin, like their skin is literally bleached, they are Casper the ghost. In fact, there is literally like a blue glowing light around them, around their skin, because of how much like they have just been erased of any melanin possible like i met how can you be paler than an albino person they made it possible um but it's you know it's something that is very systemic and intrinsic and unfortunately you know it's something that is you know deeply ingrained from centuries back so there's really not much that we as an audience can do but you know compliment idols natural skin tone um hmm. also uh you know call out fan sites probably for out, whitewashing you know stop following fan sites call out fan sites for whitewashing um when you see an idol post selfies without the snow app lift those ones up say you look so nice in this photo you know make them feel appreciated and just fingers crossed that one day they will delete that snow app period snow app does not deserve rights for whitening idol skin um so heck them for making them think that they need their skin to be like paper white and also like for anybody like within the k industry like for example makeup artists if they're like intentionally putting like lighter foundation on uh, an idol's face to make them seem paler than they actually are that's also problematic and that also needs to stop like so overall like you said it's a systemic thing it's not necessarily something us fans can stop alone but i definitely think that encouraging and complimenting idols when they 
are you know just living their life with their natural skin tone i think that definitely needs to be praised there's nothing wrong with pale skin obviously like if you have pale skin that's not a problem but it's when people try and make idols who don't have pale skin like have paler skin like if you look at somebody who's not as pale and say you're too dark like that's problematic just stop doing that but yeah definitely agree with that and so the next submission they say I noticed Namjoon often tries to copy AAVE while speaking. I tried looking over this. I tried to look over this, but he continues to do so and seems it's cool sounding or something. He did this during Mama or MMA speech, I believe. What is your opinion on that? And that's from Bangladesh. I personally cannot recall any time where I, I've noticed him trying to use yeah, AAVE, so I'm not sure. He, I don't know what exactly this is referencing. Like, if they could point out a specific clip or something, because. For the most part, he, I don't know, he does not use AAVE, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it stands for African American Vernacular English, yes, yeah. um, and a lot of words that people try to attribute to being stand language is actually, no, it's a dialect of Black American speech and words so words like finna um words like i don't know i've suddenly forgot everything in the Abe dictionary um, <laughs> so things like finna or like oh like that's cap like people oh yeah think that, like for example like the word cap like that's like stand twitter language no it's aav um so just like things like that a lot of slang that you will see on twitter is like actually just like uh, african-american vernacular english or for example oh like they ate that up like that's like kind of like aave you know there's a lot of things that you know people don't realize is uh not just ordinary slang and that's totally fine i'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong to use those terms um i just think that erasing them and making it seem like for example stand twitter language is stupid or trying to go out of your way to sound like um you are pretty much like fluent in african-american vernacular english i think that using aav all the time when you weren't raised to use aav all the time is weird um i personally have not seen namjoon use aave like that um so it would be nice to know which um speech this person is referencing because they said mama or mma speech but like that could literally be like any of them between the years of right. 2013 and, and now i i'm pretty sure he yeah i i really can't recall him you know adopting that dialect of speech um he i he sometimes uh depending on who he's with he may change like his accent a little bit sometimes like when he's with james corden he sometimes will say things with a british accent and i think it's completely just unintentional you know when you're a non-native english speaker and you are surrounded by english speakers you will kind of as you're you just assimilate yeah you just assimilate as you're learning and it's completely unconscious and but I feel that, you know, the reason Namjoon has a very, even though, like, sometimes his words are not, like, are slightly mispronounced, his overall accent sounds very American. And I think it's because he grew up consuming American media. But even then, I, I still can't recall using, like, straight up AAVE. 
Right. Like, even when he's, like, talking in interviews, he, like, I've never really heard him speak like that. So, again, like, if they if they were, like, a bit more specific with which, like, speech it was, then I'd be able to judge for myself. But I'm sorry, I can't. If anybody has any inkling of what they're talking about after you guys listen to this episode, please um, give us the video down below. I'll try and look it up myself, but that's a lot of content to go through. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll... Yeah, we'll probably have this conversation when we've actually seen the thing and then maybe we'll tweet about what we think about it. So um, anyway, that um, concludes that submission and we're down to the last one. So this last submission says, I love BTS, but most of BTS's activism came off as blatantly performative, yet everyone revels in it. For example, they posted about BLM in between countless selfies, radio V-lives, where they laugh and joke and don't mention ongoing protests, and JK's SoundCloud song, Still With You, was also posted immediately after the BLM post. Even when asked in the interview, they regurgitated the same phrase as on the tweets. Same with AAPI hate, which was apparently neatly written for them and posted. I love them, but I cringed about seeing how insincere, performative, and blatant PR moves these things were. And this is from Bangladesh. Now, originally, I was going to delete this submission we, we out of were. the thing. And because I just looked at it and I was like, mm, what the heck? But we decided that we were going to address this in case anybody else was thinking the same as them because i feel like i feel like this just needed to be discussed in full because like i don't know like when i just read it i there were just so many things to unpack from these tweets uh, from the submission so first of all when they talk about bts's activism how they posted about blm in between countless selfies um the thing is, there's a huge problem on Twitter with performative activism where they feel people like people just love to pretend like they care about issues for brownie points to get validation from other people. And basically, like if there was no attention or validation to be gained from tweeting about a specific issue, then they wouldn't tweet about it in the first place. That's basically what performative activism is. Um, and so when it comes to things like this, I feel like a lot of people who are getting at BTS for how many tweets that they have, um, I, I feel like it just comes off as performative, especially when this is coming from non-black people it bothers me when people want to talk about like how they perceive bts are doing the black community justice when they themselves are not black and so that does kind of just make me go like uh and then it's like me if like when it comes to like bts and how i feel they contributed to black lives matter i feel like like a tweet condemning racism like I feel like it was just important that I need to know where they stood and the fact that they were able to tweet that. I feel like a lot of people felt safer because of the fact that they were against racism, that they voiced that. And, you know, when it comes to things like uh, black lives and like police brutality and whatever, like there's not much you can say aside from, yeah, we're against racism. We don't support this. We stand with you guys. We stand in solidarity. And the fact that they didn't just tweet that, but them and their company donated a combined a million dollars and that in turn, uh, you know, encouraged armies to donate a million dollars back to master donation. Is that not like one of the greatest contributions like you've ever seen? Not to say that I feel like they like need to be like put on a pedestal for that. But I'm just saying as a black person, I really did feel like I was heard like I feel like definitely for a lot of black people who are armies, they felt like they're they were acknowledged that, you know, for them, like this was BTS saying that like we stand with you. And I think 
that that was like not performative at all like especially because of the fact that they did not even disclose their donation until somebody right. asked them for confirmation it wasn't bts who went and said hey we just donated a million dollars but it was somebody who'd be like did you donate anything they were like yes we did so it's basically the same as like they always do where they don't publicize the donations themselves so this really did not feel performative for me simply because they just donated how they always do mm-hmm. and um there was nothing wrong with that and then a on top bit, of that when people- also i want to add you know blm has been going on for a few years i you know still remember um the sandra bland case from a few mm. years back um that was a huge spark and so you know, BLM is year-round, and I feel like it's truly performative if you're gonna post things about BLM for maybe, like, two weeks in the summer, and then never again the rest of the year. I feel like that is doing more of a disservice. Um, Right, just people treating it as a trend, I feel like, is the biggest issue, because, like, people then are suddenly berating others for quote unquote how long they took to tweet about something because i remember um i remember saying this like in a different podcast episode but like on this day in k-pop you are forever on my hit list because when bts made that tweet about black lives matter then they were like uh they were they were basically getting at bts for how long that they took to tweet it even though it would only been like a few days since the killing of george floyd and it's like you as a white person want to come to bts to talk about how long they took to support an issue that literally has no expiration date and that is the biggest problem with it like i said people treat it as a trend where like you have to be quick you have to be the first to hop on this quote unquote wave and that just shows how that person perceived black lives matter and that to me is an insult more than anything else honestly those types of people who treat it as like you know who they will talk about oh my gosh they'll talk about how performative something is because they needed to tweet about it in this manner when i feel like that really is just not how it works and it pisses me off Mm -hmm. um honestly and you know just to say like even though black lives matter i feel like is definitely an important issue it's a crisis racism will always be a humanitarian crisis and i feel like that deserves point uh importance like at every point in the year but it's also not the only issue going on in the world. So when people, it's like there are so many issues going on right now. So it's like I could be seen insensitive because there is an issue going on somewhere else in the world that I'm not tweeting about. Why is it only when it comes to issues that people are dealing with in the West, um, predominantly, I mean, not only the West, but just predominantly the West that people are suddenly talking about how insincere it is for BTS to not be tweeting. Meanwhile, so many armies like are upset because like their issues are being ignored by like people like at other times in the year. So for example, like why is it that, you know, when it comes to issues like Black Lives Matter, people want to talk about how you like have to be tweeting at all times of the year, which you like you should. I definitely think that you should bring awareness to racism. But like when it comes to other issues, I feel like there's never, uh, see, I don't want this to come off weird, um, but like when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter, I definitely think that just people really have their priorities mixed up, especially with when it comes to what they expect from celebrities. 
-hmm. I definitely think that celebrities should spread their awareness for Black Lives Matter or show where they stand in terms of racism. Um, but when it comes to people expecting them to spearhead a specific movement and to call it performative for them to tweet that they're against racism and that they donated, I don't know. That just comes off very weird to me because I just feel like when it comes to issues like everywhere, there's issues all around at the same time. So it's like, like definitely while I think that, you know, it is important to tweet about certain issues, like. Uh, I don't know. It's just I, weird. I, I don't even I know hear, where I'm trying to go I'll, with this. I'll help you, Daisy. I I think that you don't... I think sometimes you can do more damage trying to tweet. Um, make your own words, especially when someone else is probably more eloquently stated uh, about the issue and how to help the issue. I think that it is much more important... Um, if you want to be an ally to uplift the voices of the marginalized communities instead of trying to be like the main voice of their movement so yeah because when you because yeah because then when you start making it about yourself then that then that itself takes away from the movement where somebody is going on about oh my gosh like uh I hate racism, like, if you're a racist, don't follow me, oh my gosh, like, I'm like this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this for the community, and it's like, you're drawing attention to yourself in order to get validation from, from like, supporting this movement, when in reality, I feel like the best decision is to definitely show your solidarity, but at the same time, don't be taking up the attention to the point where you're, it's overshadowing the attention that people are giving to Black people who are supposed to be the spearheaders of this movement. So, um, another, like, when... Yeah, another thing that you, you brought up um, about, like, saying, you know, lifting up voices and stuff. Another thing in the submission is that they said that they where when asked in interviews they kind of regurgitated the same phrases of their tweets but like how much can you like how much can they really say when someone can constantly ask why'd you donate to black lives matter like because we believe in the cause duh like why right like do they have to write an entire dissertation on why they did that donation like honestly the fact that they were constantly asked that was kind of ridiculous in the first place and so I, of course, they're going to give a generic, well, because we don't believe in racism, because, like, that's bottom line. Like, why? What What other reason do you need? Right. I feel like it's, like, why do you need to, like, have a different speech for every person who asks you why you donated to Black Lives Matter? Because they would be given, because the answer that they gave is the same answer that literally anybody else would give, that they stand with black people they believe that their lives matter and they don't condone racism that's the only reasons that you need to donate to black lives matter so it really just it really just baffles me when people expect them to say more as if more needs to be said like there needs to be some whole like shakespearean soliloquy or something like that like it, it like again that also comes off as performative and then like you know posting still with you like I mean, regardless of whether the protest yeah. happened or not, like it was festa season and it was going to be posted anyway. Right. So it doesn't make sense why people would be mad at somebody posting something when like we all knew that it was scheduled for that day anyway. And like I said, there are plenty of other issues going on in the world. So regardless of when they posted that song, 
it would have never been a good time if that's the angle that we're going for. Like, if it's insensitive to post something during a time where people are going through a lot of troubles, there's troubles all over the world. When is a good time to post something? In fact, when we drop this episode, there could be a crisis going on on the opposite side of the world right now. And that could be seen as insensitive if this is the logic that we're going by. Yeah. So I just don't get I don't, that. I don't know. This, this, this part just really confuses me because it was a Festa scheduled release. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was gonna happen regardless i don't know it's uh i i don't recall anyone uh saying still with you was you know insensitive to post at the time um but then the last half of this okay the last half of the submission um i think upsets me a little bit more than the previous part and it asks they basically said their feelings toward them with BLM is the same with the AAPI hate. Um, I, I don't, I'm going to put this in the nicest way possible, but BTS didn't have to say anything. They did not have to tweet anything about AAPI hate when they are the victims. Like, I think it is absolutely ridiculous that people were like, why, why haven't BTS said anything about so-and-so? Like, they don't need to tweet that to show they care because it's obvious that they care when they are the ones affected by it. Like, they, like, why are you asking them to show support of a hashtag when they are the hashtag? Right. It's the same people who get at people, like, for example, like, how are you going to come at a black person for, like, not having BLM in their Twitter bio? It's like, they are the life that should matter. Why should they have to be performative for your tastes for you for them to get validation from somebody like you that's not what they need to do like when it comes to things like that it's like i really do not understand how people can call a minority group performative for not speaking up for the racism that they themselves are facing that is awful like i cannot imagine how people go through this thought process and just like, I, I don't know, like, especially when it came to, like, for example, like that racist German radio host, which, by the way, he got demoted. He's not doing that radio show anymore. So God bless you, German armies. You really you really did your thing. They, um, they did snap. Um, but anyway, like when that whole thing was going on and um, people were trying to get him deplatformed. A lot of people were for some reason tagging Big Hit as if they were able to do something when, first of all, um, Germany and Korea, as you guys have noticed, are not the same country. So naturally, Big Hit cannot go and file a report to the police because they can only handle domestic cases. And second of all, it's like, why are you demanding that they speak up on the racism that they are directly facing? Like, it just like, feels did so... did they forget that, like, Big Hit is also an Asian company that is employed by Asians? Like, right. where, where, where where did the logic go? I... A company created by Asians, which employ Asians and have Asian artists. It's like, what did you expect them to do? Like, like what the you... heck? It was, it was so tone deaf. Um, I really don't think people understand, like, how traumatic it is to want victims to constantly 
speak out about their trauma uh, just for it to be uh, uh, like on display for a movement. Like, right. It's it's terrible. Um, this isn't like similar, but like I'll just like give you know an example that might be a little bit easier to digest. So if something had happened. Um, at my school and there was a student who online it was revealed that they and their friends had been posing in front of like a Nazi um like they were posing in front of a swastika and like it was like huge it was on the wall it was very much you know it was very like wow that's bad and so a lot of people were asking the school to expel the student because they didn't feel safe with the Nazi walking around campus, especially because um, we do have a large minority population on the campus. And the school wanted to go with like, oh, we should educate them route. And because I am a Jewish person, a Jewish student on campus, they had reached out to me and asked if I would be, if I would like to be part of the restoration circle. What? Yeah. And I just ignored it. Um, I was like, I, like, I don't know that it's just <laughs> thinking about it makes me so upset. Cause like, that's so uncomfortable. Like I am not going to go to this meeting and explain why my existence matters you know what i mean on top of that if they're not even looking to be educated that's you exposing yourself right. to nazis yeah. which is exposing yourself to potential harm why would you do that yeah why would i do that why would i you know put myself in a situation like that so um so it's a little bit different from it's a little bit different. Sorry, my cat, Alice, is walking on my computer right now. Um, so, <laughs> obviously, you know, my situation, I don't want to, like, say, oh, it's the same thing as, like, BLM and, like, AAPI. But, like, it is an example of how sick it is to want marginalized voices to, you know, speak out and educate others on why they should have the right to live safely. Right. And honestly, like, again, BTS did not have to tweet that out with in terms of like the AAPI hate, but they, they did. really did it. <laughs> yeah, and they did. And on top of that, like, they still faced racism from doing that. So it's like you see the type of harm that we expose ourselves to just from asking people to respect our existence. And it sucks. Um, you know, as two people who are minorities on this podcast, like having to go through all that all the time or seeing other people go through that, it sucks, which is why, like, I feel like when people outside of our minority categories talk to us about what is performative and what isn't when it comes to situations that are not regarding them. I just really find it uncomfortable and I just feel like we we just had to talk about this submission because it's like please guys like do not like don't do this. <laughs> um, yeah. When it, when it comes to talking about BTS let that community decide for themselves what is performative and what is not 
um, because obviously like as somebody who isn't black um, I don't feel like people really understood the gravity of what BCS did back in June and you know the impact that it had on the fandom and you know what people did with you know their actions afterwards you know BTS always I always say this but BTS are like a vessel for other people to do better and the fact that they were able to not just provide contribution of their own but inspire others to do the same I feel like BTS did exactly what they were meant to do as allies and I feel like people who try and paint that as performative meanwhile they don't hold anybody else to those same standards um you might want to look in a mirror i'm just saying yeah i think that yeah there's nothing really much um we can add um part of us like we said before we were almost going to delete the submission just because we felt it was like super inflammatory and we were like what the heck is this but we really wanted to dissect it and break it down and i think we did just that so that concludes uh the sixth part of army anonymous yep so um stay tuned for next week's episode which is episode is it episode 20 or is it episode 19 i think it's episode 19 Yes, episode 19. Stay tuned for that next week, Friday at 7 p.m. our usual time. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys then. All right. Bye for now. Bye.